while Thanksgiving is done, it's in the books, man. And I'm going to tell you, we had a great Thanksgiving season. Uh, but how many of y'all know, here we come in December 2017, and I hope that you're sitting down for this, 22 days till Christmas. 22 days. I bet you right now, when I said that, some of you went into shock at that moment, like, oh my gosh, 22 days until Christmas. I promise you uh, that when I look out there at Christmas, me and my wife, we're asking ourselves these questions. God, we, we don't have all, we don't have any shopping now, man. You know, and we're one. I'm one of those people that put it off and put it off and put it off, and then I have to go out there with all those other crazies. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And try to rush in and get all that stuff done. And uh, man, all of a sudden, I find myself just overwhelmed uh, with the Christmas season. But Christmas is the most highly commercialized holiday of the year. You know, you got all kind of things going on. You got, uh, you got all the sales, all the merchandises, you know, uh, people are pushing merchandise for Christmas, and the way they do that is unbelievable. It's a known fact that the real reason for the season gets hidden, and, and it gets neglected. The decorations are beautiful, uh, but when we think about it, we see all that's going on, almost as if uh, the message gets hid in all of that, and we got all the decorations and all the lights going on, but there is a simple but profound uh, fact that we all got to understand, and that is this, Christmas is about God. That's what Christmas is about, guys. It's about God. And, and we know that we just kind of stuck that little sign over there that says, Jesus saves. And, and before we look today, I just want to tell y'all, man, y'all ought to be so excited about this. There's a lot of people getting saved at Eden Westside Baptist Church. I want to tell you, when we think about being saved, uh, that since June of this year, uh, we've had 39 people ask Christ in their heart right here at Eden Westside. I think that's a blessing. Amen. Yay. Uh, what a blessing that is. Uh, we've had 66 total people in the last couple of months that have said, hey, we want to make this our church home. Wow, you know what, guys? If we stay on that track and, and we keep seeing people saved and people join the church, uh, we're going to have a record-breaking year this year. And I think we ought to give God praise for that. Amen. What a blessing uh, that is. But today we're starting a brand new teaching, and the teaching is called Jesus Saves. That's what it's called, Jesus Saves. And that's going to go on the screen as our title. And uh, I want to remind you that we are going to be talking about Jesus Saves. Not a thankful heart, but Jesus Saves. That's different. Amen. So we want to make sure that we understand that we're talking about Jesus saving people. And I want you to open your Bible to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 2. And we're going to be looking there together. Luke chapter 2, would you all say the title with me one more time? And that is Jesus Saves. You have your Bible opening up uh, to the book of Luke chapter 2. But before we read that scripture, I want to remind you that Christmas is about God. Everybody say that with me. Christmas is about God. Now there's a few things I want you to write down that's not in your outline. But man, you're going to understand this when I tell you to write it down. Now, Christmas is about God, and I want you to write down three things that's not in your outline. First of all, Christmas is about God's purpose. God has a purpose for Christmas. It's not to sell stuff. It's not, it's not so merchandise can happen. It's not so everybody can get a present. Uh, God has a purpose for Christmas. So Christmas is about God, and God has a purpose. Write this down. God has a plan 
Uh, there is a plan for Christmas. It's very important uh, that we understand that. It's God's purpose and God's plan. All right, write the third thing down, and that is this. It is God's provision. In other words, God has a purpose, God has a plan, and God has a provision uh, for Christmas. There is a reason for Christmas, and it's all about God. It's not about you, it's not about I, but it's about God's purpose, God's plan, and God's provision. In other words, God had a purpose and a plan and a provision to break through. That is, the light of God broke through in the darkness, the life broke through in religion, and all of a sudden, when we think about Jesus being born, there was a miraculous moment in our life that God broke through with a plan, a purpose, and a provision. And that is, Christmas is about God. It's not about stuff, it's not about things, but it's about God. So I want you to open your Bible today to the book of Luke, chapter 2, and let's look there together. Are y'all ready? Say amen. amen. The Bible says, and it came to pass. In those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of Great joy, say this with me, which shall be to all people. The Bible says in verse number 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, somebody help me, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's go back to verse number 11 and read it out loud together. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now, when I begin to prepare for this December, and I begin to pray about that, and I begin to ask God, God, where do you want us to go? Where do you want us to focus on? And without a shadow of a doubt, the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart about this verse. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to guess what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about a Savior that was given unto us on a day that was specific. And that day that God gave a Savior, he makes no bones about it. His name was Christ the Lord. I want to tell you, my friend, Jesus is not one way to heaven. He is the only way to heaven. Jesus is not one reason for the season. He is the only reason for the season. So when we think about all the merchandising and all the things that are going on, we begin to realize that Christmas is about God. It's about God invading our life. It's about God doing something. It's about God's plan, God's purpose, God's provision. It's about a Christ that was born to be the Savior of the world. I want you to underline that word Savior in your Bible. It's very important that we look there together. So when we look today, we begin to realize that, that Christmas is about 
Jesus saving. That's what it's all about. So I want you to look at point number one in your outline today. And that is this. There is a personal presentation in this verse. A personal presentation. Now we're just going to kind of look at this verse today. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to take our mind, our spirit, and we're going to connect with what does this verse say. So there is a personal presentation in this verse. Don't miss it. Notice what it says. For unto you. Unto you. Let's stop right there. What is this personal presentation that God is doing? The Bible says, for unto you. Now I want you to listen to Brother Jackie. Are you with me? Say amen. When I look at that and I begin to pray about it and I begin to say, God, help me understand this. Teach me what this means. And God began to speak to my heart to say to me, this is a personal presentation. That's what I did when I gave my son. When John saw him coming and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That you need to realize that I sent my son for you. That was a personal presentation of God. Now watch this. I thought to myself, how can I do this? How can I really get this across? Well, I want to share this with you, and maybe this will make sense. For unto you, and 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 unto you. What I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, is God did something for all of us that we could not do for ourselves. That is, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad the mistakes have been. It doesn't matter what your choices have been. The fact remains, and the devils of hell can never change it. I'm telling you, there is nothing that can wipe it away for there was a day that God said I'm going to do something for you that you could not do for yourself you it doesn't matter whether you're in Pell City Alabama it doesn't matter whether you're in Haiti it doesn't matter whether you're in Russia it doesn't matter whether you're in China it doesn't matter whether you're on the good side of the track or the bad side of the track God is in the business of saving people from the guttermost to the uttermost how many of you are thankful that we serve a God that made a presentation to us that it's just for you it's for you now listen to me. There are two things in there that is so cool, y'all. Watch this. The personal presentation, if you look at the first thing, is the presentation of God's love. God absolutely loves us. Can I get an amen? Y'all just didn't follow with that one. God absolutely loves us. God loves us. God absolutely loves us. What can separate us from the love of God? Can height, can death, can width, can angels, can, can devils, can, can life, can, can death, can anything separate us from the love of God, church? There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. The Bible says, are y'all listening to me because you need to hear this. The Bible says that God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Johnny, can you imagine that? God loves you. God absolutely. Are y'all ready for this? This is a profound theological name I've given to all of us. Y'all may want to write this down. This is crazy good. God loves all of us knuckleheads. That's a great theological word. God loves us. Guys, nobody's better than anybody else. No, nobody. Listen, nobody qualifies. Nobody says, you know what, God loves me more than he loves you, but God loves you. God loves you so much for unto you. 
unto you, unto you, not, not, not them, not, not those, but unto you, me. God loves me, guys. God loves you. And the Bible says, come on, let's read that verse together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have what, church? Everlasting life. How many of y'all know Billy Graham? How many of y'all know, man, Billy Graham, good night. He could walk, you know, he, he walks to the pulpit. They do some old songs. He walks to the pulpit uh, when he was doing his crusade. And he'd say, God loves you. And, and let's, let's give an invitation. Let's sing just as I am. And hundreds of people would come. Make me so mad I couldn't stand it. I'm thinking, good night. I preach my heart out. I study like crazy. And all he does is say, God loves you. Don't y'all want God to love you? Why don't you come to Jesus? Man, people knock him down to come to that. I'm telling you, my friend, what we need is a fresh vision of how much God loves us. And when we get a fresh vision of how much God loves us, watch this, write it down. That love will change your life. Amen. That love will change your life. God loves you more than your mama. He loves you more than your daddy. He loves you more than your grandpapa. My God loves you, y'all. And, and I'm going to tell you, how many of y'all would say this? He, he shouldn't love me. Anybody can admit to that? Well, let's just start over again because some of y'all looking like you're religious. How many of y'all messed it up in life? Let me see your hand. Rest of y'all lying? God knows you need to get saved. If you messed it up, how many of y'all messed it up? I mean, come on now, you messed it up. How many of y'all messed it up big, both hands? How many of y'all messed it up gigantic? You want to stand up? No, listen. We messed it up. Listen, we're going to get people running around here. Watch this, guys. No matter how bad we messed it up, no matter how far we fail, no matter how dirty we got, no matter how far out there we, we wandered, God never quit loving us. For unto you, unto you, for God so loved the world that he gave. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of people now uh, that's teaching this. <clears throat> they're, they're teaching this. Well, you know what? God, 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 you know, God's sovereign. You know, God's sovereign. And let me look at me. I know that. God is sovereign. And there's people saying, well, you know what? There, God has already predestined you to go to heaven and you to go to hell. And you know what? You're predestined to go there. Listen, there's a Hebrew word that fits into that teaching, hogwash. Let me tell you something, my friend. God is sovereign. But I thank God that I serve a God that in John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the world that whosoever can come to him. That we are not alienated because of who we, did, who we are or what we've done. That we serve a God that loves you in spite of you. God loves you so much you can't even imagine. I'm going to tell you something, my friend. God gave his son to die on the cross for anybody. doesn't matter who they are. doesn't matter who they are. If you just come to Jesus, you can be saved. Your life can be changed, y'all. Your whole world can be changed. Your whole eternity can be changed if you'll come to Jesus. So, so let's look there. We, we realize that that, that that point says it's a personal presentation of God's love, but it's also a personal presentation to meet man's greatest need. Meet man's greatest need. How many of y'all realize this? We couldn't get right with God without Jesus. We, we just couldn't do it. The gap's too big. The sin's too, too bad. We could not get right with God without Jesus. There is no way to do that. So you know what God did? God built the bridge. 
to get us from where we are to where we need to be. And that bridge was in the form of a cross. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying, and it's worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to do what, y'all? Save sinners of whom I'm chief. You know what that means? Paul is saying, I'm the worst sinner. I'm the worst sinner that's ever lived. He says, man, I'm the chief sinner. Well, watch this. I'm going to let y'all in on something. If he's already saved the worst one, we got a shot at this thing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I mean, if he's already saved the worst sinner, and Jesus came in this world to save us, then we know that he died. He came in this world. He presented himself to meet the need of a sinner. And I'm going to tell you what, all of us fall in that category. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. We all are sinners and we can't get right with God without Jesus. So Christmas is about a message of God that made, had a plan, had a provision, and, and, and a purpose. And that, that is all wrapped up in Luke 2.11. For until you is born. Now, let's look at the second thing quicker. Y'all, we may say amen. amen. Let's look at the second thing, a predetermined time. God doesn't do anything by accident. Amen. God does everything on time for a time. Amen. Now, when you look there together, our God is a God that holds everything. The Bible says in Luke 11, for in two years born this day, this day. How many of you know that was not an accident? That Jesus came to this earth right on time, this day. For unto you is born this day, this day. There was a day that was appointed by God for his son to come in this world. And the book of Galatians says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman under the law. Now what that means is, is the perfect time for Jesus to come is when he came. I went and studied all that, and, and I wrote down some things. And that is, this is a day that's been providentially set aside by God for his son to come into the world. It was a predetermined time. The law had done its educational work. The world was full of people who, had a, who were spiritually starved. The world was at peace under the Roman rule. The world spoke predominantly Greek as a basic language. The world had a system of roads for mass travel which allowed Christian missionaries to go to the furthest part of the earth all the way down to where you and I live. So there's two things to write down about that. First of all, it was God's timing. It was not, in, it was not man's timing, it was God's timing. And I'm going to tell you, just like he came the first time, he's coming again. Amen. It's going to be on his time. Can I get an amen? The Bible says, no man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man shall appear. Jesus is coming back, y'all. We don't know when it is, but God has a time. Amen? God has a time. So it's God's timing. But what else is it? It's perfect timing. Every time God does something, he does it in his time, and it's always a perfect time. You know, I told the first congregation in the first service, you're not, do you, listen, look at me, y'all, look at me, look at me, y'all. Do y'all think y'all just here by accident? You think you just stumbled into church here today? You, you think you just, no, I'm going to tell you something. You're here by divine appointment. See, see, God has a place and a time for you to speak to your life. And God's timing is always the right timing. You're not here by accident. God brought you here. You have a purpose, and God has a plan. 
And because of that, you realize that God is always at work doing things, getting you to a place in his perfect time, just like it was when his son was born. It was the perfect time. It was God's time. It was perfect time. Can I get an amen? But let's look at the third thing quickly. It was a prophetic fulfillment. In other words, we realize that, that when we study our Bible, we begin to realize that there was prophecy that it said this child was going to be born. And, and it was going to be born, the child was going to be born because it was a prophetic fulfillment. Now there's two things about that prophetic fulfillment. The book of Luke says in chapter 2, For unto you is born this day, where? In the city of David, a Savior. All right, now y'all stay with me. All right, so we realize then that it was a prophetic time. It was a prophetic fulfillment. What was the, there was a prophetic place. Uh, and that was the city of David. You know what the city of David was? Bethlehem. Bethlehem was where David was born. Bethlehem was where Samuel anointed David king of Israel in Bethlehem. The word Bethlehem means house of bread. We realize that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Even when we do the Lord's Supper, this is what, this is what we say to the Lord's Supper. This is not bread that came down as your fathers ate and died. Whoever eats this bread will never die. How many of you realize that Bethlehem was a prophetic place? If you, if you want to make a note of this, just write down this, this, this reference. Micah, the book of Micah, the Old Testament, chapter 5 and verse number 2. We find the book of Micah in chapter 5 of verse number 2. It's not going to be on the screen, but the prophet Micah says, O thou Bethlehem, though you are little a town in Judah. You remember that song? How many of y'all remember that song? O little town of Bethlehem. Do you think somebody just came up with that? No, it was God. God had a place, a prophetic place for Jesus to be born. And it was in the town of Bethlehem. It was based off scripture reference to the prophet Micah, Micah chapter 5, verse number 2, who said, out of you, that little town, that little obscure town, there's going to be one that's going to be born. Watch this. It gets me going. He's not going to have a beginning. He's not going to have an end. How many of y'all know that's just Jesus? Amen? Because he is God. We realize that it was a prophetic place. God placed the place. But it was a prophetic process. In other words, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem was a, was a prophetic process, y'all. Uh, Jesus was not born like everybody else is born. Now, I want you to notice this and write this down in your, in your notes. It's just kind of cool to go back and research this. Just write down the book of Isaiah, chapter 7 and verse 14. The book of Isaiah, chapter 7 and verse 14. This is what it says. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name, watch this, Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? God with us. Remember, are y'all listening to me? Y'all better be listening. I'll start all over. I ain't lying to you. Listen to me. It was a prophetic process. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, a virgin's going to give birth. Now, look at me, y'all. That ain't possible. It has to be something that's done by God. 
Now listen to me. Watch this. Y'all come in here and listen to me. Why did Jesus fulfill this? Why did God choose it to be done that way? Because all of us, everybody in this room, all of us, every one of us, we were born out of Adam. In other words, your earthly father put the seed of Adam in your mother's womb. Because we all came from Adam, and because of the union between our father and mother, we, we are the recipients of the nature of Adam. Adam was the one who sinned in the garden. Because Adam sinned in the garden, every one of us that's born, we're born sinners. The Bible says that, that we all have sinned. Every one of us have sinned. So here's the point, y'all. One sinner can't die for another sinner. Because the sacrifice that's going to die for us has to be a perfect sacrifice without sin, without blemish, without spot. So what does God do? God goes, I know how to fix this. I'm going to overshadow the womb of a virgin. Her name is Mary. And I'm going to overshadow her womb. And when I overshadow her womb, she's going to conceive of the Holy Ghost. In other words, are y'all listening to me? Jesus never had a biological earthly father. His father was God the Father. The pure womb of Mary, because God made a, made a prophetic process in the womb of Mary, now she gives birth to a son who is not the recipient of the fallen nature of Adam. And because he is not the recipient of the fallen nature of Adam, because he did not inherit the, 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 the nature of his father that, that is a dad on this earth, but only his heavenly father, because of that, now we have a lamb that can take away the sin of the world because he has never been a sinner. Do you understand that? And because of that, listen to me. Jesus is the only one that's ever qualified to do that. I can't die for you, you can't die for me. Why? Y'all better tell me, y'all better tell me, why can't I die for you? Why can't I die for your sins? Because I'm a sinner. Your mama can't die for your sin. Your daddy can't die for your sin. Your grandmama can't die for your sin. Donald Trump can't die for your sin. Nobody can die. Only Jesus can do that. Thank God for a God that, that knows what he's doing. Can we give him praise? He's an awesome God. And I thank God for that today. So Bethlehem, house of bread. If you're hungry, come to the house of bread. Get you, get you eat. If when you eat of this bread, you're never going to die. Hallelujah. You're going to have a Savior that's going to be born in a process that nobody else has ever been born. He's going to be born of a virgin. And he's going to be a spotless Lamb of God that will take away your sin. Oh, my goodness, y'all just act like y'all something else. I'm just telling you. All right, now, now let me take you somewhere. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So because of that, I want you to look at the next thing. It's crazy good. He is the promised Savior. Can I, can I get an amen? amen? He is the promised Savior, y'all. Nobody else can be your Savior, only Jesus. Amen. The book of Luke chapter 2, verse number 11 says, For unto you is born... Let's read it out loud. Y'all need to read this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. In other words, you cannot mistake who this is. He is Christ the Lord. He is, he is Christ the Lord. He's a Savior. So let's ask ourselves three questions. If that's who he is, what does a Savior mean? All right, now it's very simple to understand this. A Savior is one who saves you. 
That's what he does. He saves you. He is one that is given the opportunity to save you. He is the Savior. For in two years born this day in the city of David, a Savior. One who will save you. But the Bible goes on and says, but he is, you've got to know this, he is Christ. He is Christ, which goes to the next thing. It's very important for you to understand this next thing. Go to the next, the B there. He is Christ. Well, what does the word Christ mean? It means that he is anointed. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. Now, before we look at the next thing, listen to me. He is the anointed prophet, priest, and king. When you study your Bible, you begin to realize that in the Old Testament, all the prophets had to be anointed, all the priests had to be anointed, all the kings had to be anointed. Now, Jesus, in the office of him being the Savior of the world, he himself is the one who is the anointed prophet, priest, and king. We're going to be talking about that in the weeks to come. He is the prophet, he is the priest, he is the king. In other words, he makes up everything so that you can have anointing on you. Now, listen to me real carefully. Jesus was anointed of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives indication of the anointing of our prophet, priest, and king. He is the Messiah, the anointed one. Anybody else that says, well, I'm the Messiah, I can assure you of this, they're not the anointed one because there's only one anointed one, and that's Jesus. So he is the anointed prophet, priest, and king. So we realize then that he is to be Savior, he is to be Christ, and he is to be finally Lord. What does the Lord, word Lord mean? It means master. It means owner. That's what, when we say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life, what, he's, what we're saying is, I want you to be master and owner of my life. Now, it's important that you see this. This is kind of the way it goes. In our heart, we have this, uh, this throne in our heart. And in our, our heart, this is what we do, y'all. Every one of us, this is what we normally do. We say, I'm going to call the shots. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make my own decisions. Look, I'm grown. I'm grown. I make my own choices, my own decisions. How many of y'all wish you could rewind that one? So we say, well, I'm going to be the ruler of my life. I'm going to make my decision. I'm going to do my thing. I, in other words, I'll save myself. I know better than anybody how to do it. And I'll, I'll be my own, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of my own life and I'll, be, I'll, I'll make my own decisions. So we, we, we set ourselves on the throne of our life. That's what we do. And God says to us, no, you don't have to be that way no more. For until you is, until you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So what, what that means is you come to a place, y'all look at me, you come to a place, you go, I ain't doing so good. My, my life just ain't too good. And I'm not doing real well with this thing. And Jesus says to us, well, if you'll get off that throne and let me get on it, I'll change your life. But two people cannot occupy this spot. So if you want me to be your Savior, I'm not, I can't just be your Savior. I have to be your anointed one and your Lord. If you'll let me do that, your life will be changed. 
So we have to make a decision at that point. Is he really going to be our Savior or not? Is he really going to be our anointed one or not? Is he really going to be my Lord or not? And then God begins to speak to you. And he says, you're not okay the way you are. You're not okay the way you are. You're not okay with the way you've been doing things. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to get off that seat of your heart. And I'm going to ask you to let my son sit on it. I'm going to ask you to let him occupy his rightful place in your life. And if you will let him be your Savior, be your Christ, be your Lord, then you'll understand what Christmas is all about. Christmas is not about the merchandise. It's about a Savior and a Lord. And He'll give you a new life. A brand new life, y'all. Can you imagine that? He's going to take your junk and He's going to give you a new life. And I'm going to tell you, when He gives you a new life, it's worth something. Can I give an amen? It ain't like this stuff. It ain't like that stuff. Jesus said, don't lay yourselves up treasures on this earth where rust corrupts it, moths eat it, thieves steal it, but lay your treasure in heaven, man. You can't, you can't lose like that. In other words, if, if you're trying to fill your life with something other than the real Savior, you're going to be disappointed. Y'all look at me, listen to me. So the world, what the world does is the world wants to drown out the message of salvation. So what they do is they say, hey, y'all need to come to Black Friday. Y'all need to come to Cyber Monday. You need to come to Weird Old Tuesday, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. You need to get all this stuff, and when you get all this stuff, you'll be happy. How many of y'all know ain't going to work for you? How many of y'all ever had a new car? Just bought a new car? Man, don't you love the way that thing smells when you get in it? I mean, you get a new car. I don't know what it is. You get a new car, you sit in it, and you kind of grow like three foot. You're as big as big and sitting in that thing. You drive through and you think, man, everybody's looking at me. It smells good. This is what you do. You go home, you tell your kids, you ain't eating in that car. You ain't eating in it. Wipe your feet before you get in it. We ain't drinking in it. New car. About six months later, molded McDonald's fries down in the seat. Drink stains all over the blame thing. And you thinking, it ain't you no more, boss. You know what? Because the things of this world grow strangely dim. The world can't fill you with what you need. You, you can't get enough money. You can't get enough promotions. You can't buy enough new houses, enough new cars, trade enough wives in, enough husbands in. It don't work. You'll always end up wanting something else. And the only thing that will satisfy you is making Jesus your Savior the Christ and the Lord of your life. Now watch this. Look at me. I'm going to tell y'all something. Ain't nothing wrong with a new car. Ain't nothing wrong with a new house. Ain't nothing wrong with stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with having all that. 
as long as it don't have you. But see, so many people in the world, they, that's got them. That's, what, that's what's got you. For unto you is born this day, the city of David, stuff, things. No, a Savior. And he's Christ the Lord. If you will make him your Savior, make him Christ, make him Lord of your life, then you can fill out the bottom bud. It goes like this. Jesus is the only Savior that will save. All this other stuff won't save you. All this other stuff won't fulfill you. All this other stuff won't take care of your needs. Only Jesus will do that. Jesus is the one that does that for you. Nothing else will do it for you. So today, I want to ask you, if you would, to bow your heads all over this auditorium. Just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come forward, give your heart to Christ. I'd love for you to do that. If you're here today and you never asked Jesus to come into your life, today would be a great day for you to come and say, Lord, I want to give you my life. And look, guys, I know how awkward and weird it is to be in a church where somebody says, okay, we're about to invite you to come to the front. And you're going, I ain't doing that. Well, if Jesus died on the cross for you publicly, why won't you walk down here for him publicly? You know, he's not ashamed of you. Why would you want to be ashamed of him? If you've never given Jesus your heart, you've never been baptized, you want to do that. Man, we're going to have ministers down here waiting on you. They're going to pray with you. They're going to help you. Or maybe you want to join the church. There's a lot of people that's done that. Uh, there's 66 people that's done that in the last couple months. Has walked down the aisle and said, I want to be a part of this church. Now, if you're willing to do that, this is what I want to tell you. God will take every step for you except the first one. You got to be willing to take the first one. If you stand to your feet and you say, okay, I'm going to go, God will bring you the rest of the way. But you got to be willing to take the first step. So today I want us to stand together and our ministers are going to come. And as they come together today, I just want to encourage you to come. Give your heart to Christ. Make that decision for the Lord. Would you come right now and make that decision for Jesus as we sing together? Will you do it?